Hey, you guys. We just wanted to let you know that the audio in this episode might be a little bit messed up, but that's okay. We're trying something new. We're trying to make it perfect for the next episode, so please don't judge us too harshly. All right, let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to Two Girls in Caution Tape. As always, I'm Tyra. And I'm Sonia. And this is our, this is a big episode, guys, because this, this is like our first, like, remote one. We're still in the same town, but we're doing like this trial, and we're actually really happy that this worked out. I know. We are so tech savvy now. I know, because within like two weeks or so, we won't be in the same place anymore. So like, you know, we got to make sure that this works out. And yeah, it's exciting. You know, our lives are about to change. Crazy, crazy. We're entering the real adult world. Anybody have tips for us um, on how to just survive that? Yeah. If anyone has advice on how to survive being an adult, we'd love to hear it because um, it's kind of stressful. Yeah, DM us or anything. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Girls in Caution Tape. This is our second to last episode that's in person, so it's kind of like a big deal. Well, to us, it's a big deal. You guys are like, whatever, we don't care. <laughs> you can also check out our website at anchor.fm slash Two Girls in Caution Tape. Um, that's anchor.fm slash two, like the number two, like you click the two button, not TWO, Girls in ta- Caution Tape. You can listen to our podcast on there if you want. You can, you know, read stuff about us or whatever. Um, you know, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. That would mean so much to us. And uh, this, you know, last week we did like a not very typical murder, but today we are going to do a typical murder, but it's going to be a little bit of a shorter case um, because last week was our longest case yet. Yeah, listen into the last one. It was really interesting. I want to in one of my favorite ones. Last one was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just this story takes place mainly while the murderer is already in prison, but we have to dive a little deeper to see exactly why and how he came to be there. This is the case of James French. You guys might recognize the name. He's got some famous last words if you can guess it but we're not going to get to that quite yet so we're going to go a little bit into his why is he in prison you want to guess he killed someone oh my god yeah okay i'm like psychic over here yeah i know he was born as james donald french in 1936 so he's a boomer he's a boomer um and other than that, I could find I could find literally nothing about his childhood, like the rest of his life. But he grew up and spent some time in I think it's pronounced Peoria or yeah, I guess Peoria in Illinois. I always want to say Illinois, but I know that's not right. But yeah, um, and he kind of had his a rough start. He often found himself in like mental institutions and mental hospitals. I love how you said it. he often found himself in mental institutions. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself like getting lost at Target or something. He at least on three separate times he was in like three separate mental institutions before they pronounced him sane. But he's really smart and so he's like I knew he's like I know this. So he actually told someone, I may be a little crazy, but you know, who isn't? John like spitting facts. We are a little bit crazy, but... Yes, that's true. We're crazy. In 1958, James was living a dangerous life. 
kind of. Um, and he, well, not dangerous. It's like considered kind of dangerous today. But I think this was more normal in the in the mid mid of last century. Um, basically, he was hitchhiking and you know just had fun, like picking up odd jobs, escape from mental institution. Who knows? Um, and he found himself in Amarillo, Texas, and was picked up by a West West Virginian um, motorist. So I don't know if that's like motorcycle, but I, I assume, assume it's like like a truck driver or just like a like had a, this guy had a car. Um, this guy was named Franklin Boone, and James just casually murdered this man. And his body was found near um, Stroud or Stroud, Oklahoma, and there's no reason to why he murdered him. James just confessed, like, immediately. And he, he, like, said, and this is a direct quote, quote, I repaid his kindness with a bullet. I didn't have to kill him to take his money. But there are violent impulses and violent men. I am one of them. Quote. I mean, it, at least it sounds like he realized he did the wrong thing. Yeah. But it gets a little bit more fucked up. Because, remember, he is technically sane. Um... So then in 1959, because he really had, like, no remorse, he just kind of, like, I just killed this guy. He was sentenced to life in prison. But during his trial, he was, like, on his knees begging, the like, the judges to give him the um, death sentence or the death penalty. And the jury was like, no, that's not happening. And he was like, oh, come on. Oh, sucks. Yeah, he's like, come on. So he was given life in prison, and he was pretty upset about that. He even wrote several letters to the governor of Oklahoma at the time. And he was like, please get me a new trial. Please give me the death penalty, whatever. But James never got a response from, from the governor. They were just like, no. I mean, when you think about it, the death penalty is like the easy way out. Exactly. But I feel... Sorry? Maybe he was depressed. Maybe. I think he's very much depressed. But it gets a little bit more crazy because he really wanted that death penalty so bad see this guess what he did killed himself or killed someone else there you go he killed someone else in prison he got apparently he was really bored which sure all right and he was also borderline suicidal as we kind of find out what which is like one of the many reasons why he ended up in like mental institutions at like a young age and James shared a prison cell with his cellmate, Eddie Lee Shelton, and the two did not get along. This, combined with James' boredom, was just not a good combination. So James was like, alright, okay, okay. I can literally kill two birds with one stone if I work this out correctly. He then began plotting the murder of Eddie, which would hopefully get him the death penalty and get him out of this world via the electric chair. That should give you a clue to his last words, by the way. So James plotted for the day to be October 27th, 1960. So, you know, get a little spoopy, a little bit close to Halloween. And James was like, like I said before, he's actually a pretty clever guy. His We find out later that his IQ was actually quite, like, high. Um, and he personally believed that the person who, like, has a death sentence, so, like, Eddie in this case, because he was going to die because James was going to kill him, should at least get a mat- last meal. So, guess what he did? What? James was like, Eddie, I'm sorry we don't get along. Would you like a steak sandwich? So then... That's like... First of all, why would you say that in prison, though? Like, no, I don't know. They can't get steak sandwiches there. 
There's a commissary and like lunch and stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. I've seen like documentaries and videos of like, you know, there's like shows of like sort of undercover prisoners. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a really good show. It's like 60 Days In or something like that. Yeah, 60 Days In. And like, and the, the reports they bring back is that the food there is just awful. Yeah, I think that, like, like this was this was the sixties. I don't know, maybe or like the late fifties. Maybe there was better food. Maybe I think, but this definitely happened. So there was access. He did have access to a steak sandwich somehow. Oh and then Eddie, um, James even allowed Eddie to go get breakfast. I think it was breakfast or lunch. I think it, I probably breakfast. He even allowed him to do that. But then when Eddie came back, James was like, go time. He took a towel and wrapped it around Eddie's neck and strangled him to death. Well, I mean, it's, if you think about it, it's a clean way to go. Yeah, yeah, it's not like he's like stabbed him over and over again. Yeah, you're right. James, again, immediately confessed to the crime and was like, yes, I gotta get the death penalty now. And everyone else was like, not so fast, James. Hold your horses. And this is the point where he was kind of like, are you kidding me? I have to do this again? So he told the police why he murdered Eddie. James was like, he killed Eddie because he was, quote, he was stupid and refused to shape up. He's acting like the the holder of Darwin's theory. Because like natural selection? Well, he's like the fittest one survived. So like, oh, I Ed, guess you're right. Yeah. He wasn't eating enough. The first guy wasn't paying him enough. Yeah, that's true. So he didn't live up, live up to standards. So he's like, oh well, they weren't fit enough. They didn't. And because yeah. he, he he killed that um guy who gave him a ride for no reason. He just said, "Oh, I, I repaid him by killing him." <laughs> you know. So maybe he really does think that like he just wasn't worthy of living. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think most of all, he's just looking a reason for himself to get that death penalty. And, uh, you know, James is also like, oh, my God, you know, like, this is like, this is this isn't a direct quote. But this is what I imagine James sounded like when he killed Eddie. He's like, oh, no, I have killed him. That is such a bad thing to do. I really w- don't want to die. But that's what I deserve. Right. A life for a life. Oh, my God. He didn't say that those exact words, but I just imagine him. Yeah, I totally just imagine him being like, yeah, he's probably just like, please, I just want this. <laughs> At the trial, James was like, yo, judge, please give me the death penalty and refuse, and please, judge, refuse any other appeals because I am ready for that electric chair. A judge was like, all right, dude, you get it. You're so crazy. You got it. But then several outside parties were like, no. We don't want that for you. And several, like, outside third-party anti-death penalty people decided to intervene. And they just, they worked their asses off to get James, like, several new trials, um, even though James didn't want them. And after the first trial, you know, they were, it was deemed, like, invalid because um, the jury saw him in shackles, which made him look guilty. Um which then again, he is guilty, but whatever. Yeah. And yeah, at the second trial, um, James's team, who was kind of like working against him because James didn't want 
another trial. He wanted the death penalty. Um, James's team was like, the previous judge did not clarify what life in prison meant versus the death penalty. And in my opinion, it's kind of obvious what those mean. Yeah. But also I'm surprised how, like, how's the trial still going if... This is a new trial. This is a second trial. No, but, like, how is any of this happening if he is obviously acting like he doesn't want any of it? So he's not, like... I think they don't, like, think that he's sane, even though he has been proved sane several times. And they also, like, it's, like, it's no longer about him. It's about the fact people don't want the death penalty, you know? Yeah. But also, it's kind of weird that, like, I don't know, I feel like the judge, or at least, at least I would see it as, like, why give some a killer what he wants? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I guess you're right. I guess, you really want to punish him. At the same time, I think that, like, you know, if he dies, he, he, uh, for example, this sounds really stupid and, like, and awful, but, like, it won't be costing the government money to pay, to feed him or to house him, you know? True. I mean, he like, is a problem. Like, he is a criminal. Yeah, he, he is a problem. Like, he's not going to be released ever. And yeah. he wanted to die, right? So they they think that he would just continue on murdering other prisoners if he was, if they were like, nope, life in prison for you, you know? Yeah. 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 So in 1965, James had his final trial. So, so this was five years after he murdered Eddie. And this was the only one that was like not successful. In the previous two trials, they were he was given the death penalty. Um because James like wrote to the court himself and himself and said that they were like, do not listen to my legal team. So James was like writing letters. He was like, do not listen to my legal team. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And he was like, I don't like them. They're I don't want to have my life saved. So the court was like, all right. And um the three trials like kind of ended all the same. It doesn't really matter if they were successful or not because at the end of the day, he got what he wanted. Um, at all three appeal trials, James gave a full and eager confession. So they were like, they were like, "You did it. We know, but we're not gonna punish you." You know. The flip. Yeah. So um, they all ended the death penalty. So great. James' time in prison kind of proved how messed up he was. He was actually really smart, and unlike other death row prisoners, he had actually completed high school and two years of college, or like some post-secondary education. And this is the coolest part. Guess what he did? For work? No, but like in prison for free before he died. Uh, taught other inmates. No, he actually wrote a book. Oh, wow. On crime, and it's called We with like a period W E period. I kind of want to read it, but uh, is it on him? Yeah, so several psychiatrists like interrogated and like you know dissected him and whatever. And at first, I noticed that that he had like shockingly had an above average IQ and that he was actually quite smart. So they were like, okay, okay, James. Um, and second, they noticed that he was, like, clinically suicidal and had actually, like, attempted suicide several times in his life, but had always stopped or chickened out at, like, the last second, which is kind of sad. Yeah. So James then kind of saw this as an alternative to just think, okay, well, if I can't do it, someone else surely can. And what surefire way to do that than kill someone else, which doesn't really make sense because, like, if you can kill someone else, why can't you kill yourself? But 
I mean, I don't know. I'm watching. This is so out of place, but at the same time, I can sort of. Yeah. Well, right now. You're watching what? A show right now. Uh huh. Dexter. Dexter. And Dexter, and it's like about the serial killer. Yeah. But he also sort of has this like. The reason I pulled it up is because like a lot of people like they can do something to someone else. But when it comes to them, they're, like, scared shitless. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's like in the TV show You a little bit, too. Uh, I feel like I can watch it by now, by now. You? Yeah. I just finished it, like, last week, so. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, James kind of spent a lot of time, to pro- like, focusing on philosophy and poetry. Like, he was a smart guy. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, but do you want to guess what his final meal was in prison? It's quite extensive. Steak. No. I don't know. Have you ever heard of shrimp salad? Shrimp salad? Yeah. I mean, no. Well, I'm not surprised it exists, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrimp salad, French onion soup. And it, um, this dish called braised pheasant under glass. I have no idea what that is. I'm a vegetarian. I don't even really know what pheasant is. Um, I wonder if you can ask for like a five star meal, like from like a. I five- think you can, but I know that his meal was made by the warden's wife. Oh wow! Yeah, he also requested small onions, baby lima beans, cream potatoes, and cherry jubilee for dessert. I mean. He's going out with a bang, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And James was interviewed several times throughout his uh, time in prison by this journalist by the name of Bob Gregory, who wrote a very cool, interesting article about him, um, which you guys should all go read. I got a lot of my research off about this case off of there. Basically, James confessed to Bob that the death penalty and the court system was rigged and handed out worse sentences to the poor. He even once said, like, have you ever heard of anyone dying down here that was rich? Um, so he's kind of like, even though he was, like, wanted to die, he kind of still poking fun at the system and being like, it's corrupt, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bob, the journalist, said that they had, like, a really deep connection and, like, deep conversations about death and philosophy and life and, you know, stuff like that. And Bob said that James, like, wanted nothing more than to be considered mentally competent, but people just wouldn't give that to him. He, like, and it was kind of obvious that James just, he was sane, but he just wasn't right there. Sometimes he would try to cite famous philosophers then confuse, like, what they did or who they were. Like, you know, he just heard names and tried to, like, use them. Like, for example, he was like, oh, our Aristotle wrote the plays, and I think it's Aristophanes, Aristophanes was a philosopher, and it's actually, like, opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he was trying to, like, be smart and fit with society, but it just, it just wasn't working out for him. And, like, like I said, Bob became kind of close to him, which allowed James, like, reveal his really creepy side. Like, for example, James, this is a super crazy story. James had, like, a really deep, husky voice. He smoked, like, a cigarette, like, a pack of cigarettes a day. And he, like, asked Bob that, like, if his life had gone differently, if he could have made it onto the radio. And Bob was like, yeah, maybe. But, you know, your voice is fine. It's, like, your hands are the, that are the problem. Um, you would have trouble keeping them, keeping them away from other people's throats. 
oh wow you went yeah. there i thought you were gonna say like your hands are just too big <laughs> for the radio <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't know they care about the appearances like stuff That's like true, that yeah James, when he heard this, like, chuckled. Actually, he said in the article, said he giggled, which I just think that's funny. He, like, chuckled. He, like, raised his hands. And his, his hands had, like, tattoos on them and stuff like that. And he said, he looked at his hands and he said, these are made to strangle, not to play Elvis records. So he, wow. Yeah. That's like a, if you can admit that you're that fucked up, then holy shit, are you fucked up. You know what I mean? But I don't know if you can admit it. I feel like you're less fucked up if you're fucked up and you can't admit it. Maybe that's true. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. That that really freaked me out because like it was just like so crazy. Whack. Yeah. And just after this, James even says like one more legendary quote, which we will see later. But first, Sonia, do you want to give us this? We're gonna do this new thing. This it's gonna be called true crime fact of the day or of the podcast or whatever and we're gonna mention a little fun true crime fact that we'll think is a little weird probably it's definitely gonna be weird um it's definitely interesting when i read this i was like okay didn't know this was a thing but... <laughs> i laid on me so we have this uh serial killer jeffrey dahmer who yes. was of 15 homicides and he admitted to cooking and eating some of his victims um, Dahmer was also known to drill holes in the oh head God. Of the yeah. before injecting acid yeah. to their brains in a bid to turn them into compliant zombies. Yeah, oh my God. And it even kind of worked. He wanted, like, followers. Yeah, if you guys listen to Jeffrey Dahmer podcasts, I, I, Jeffrey Dahmer's case is so interesting. It's one of those that you you stay up at night because you think that he's in your room, you know? Um, that is so interesting. Jeffrey Dahmer, also, this is another fun fact about him. Did you know that there's recently a, a movie made about him? And you want to know, guess who played him in the movie? Well, I have a picture of him up on my screen, and I don't... Um, is it... Shoot, what's his name? He was in The Notebook and La La Land. Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling? Is it? Kind of looks like him. No, the movie is called My Friend Dahmer, and the person who plays him is Ross Lynch. You know, do you remember who Ross Lynch was? From, oh, oh, yeah. He's from Austin and Alley on Disney Channel. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so he was playing, like, hi, I'm Ross Lynch, I'm on Disney Channel, and now he's, hi, I'm Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, holy I shit. Wait, is it on Netflix? Maybe we should watch it. It's on Netflix. I don't want to watch it now. But anyways, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we can watch it later. Anyways, or recommend that Dom- movie. We also recommend Jeffrey Dahmer. Super interesting. I want to do a case on him, but he there's so much you have to go into with him. He is crazy. But yeah, that he will like drill holes people's brains and or into their skulls and try to inject acid. Zombie. He was yeah. making movies. Yeah, uh, he's crazy. Um. So yeah, that was our fun fact of the um, podcast of the day. Let's get into the actual death of James French. James French passed away on August 10th, 1966, 
just after 10 p.m., James was brought to the execution room dressed in a black suit, and he looked shockingly like a like preacher or something, and he was the 83rd person to die in that electric chair. The newsroom for his death was never more crowded, so like, people wanted to be there. Everyone was like holding their breath, just waiting for James to mutter or maybe even preach his last words, but there was nothing. And this is where it gets kind of controversial, where some say that his last words went kind of like this. He was so quiet that the warden was like, James, do you have any last words? And he responds with, quote, everything has already been said, quote. But instead of just saying it, he whispered it. So he's like, everything's already been said. I wonder if he thought that like, if he whispered it, it would count as his last words. Yeah, oh, that's kind of interesting. You're right, yeah. Definitely, he didn't want like a big thing, yeah. but he wanted something, and he answered. And I wonder if like he whispered because like, you're not gonna get like my last words. Yeah. Um, you're right about that. Well, not right, not right, but like you have a very good insight with that because like those were his like the last thing he said. But like the last thing that's like super significant to focus on is that James was like a super funny man. And his last name is French, right? So he would never overlook such an opportunity as to say, I don't know, maybe a French fries joke. For example, when Bob Gregory, so that was that journalist, interviewed him just a few, it was either a few, like a day or so earlier, or it was that very same day, he like confessed his true last words. So as James was about to go back to like his cell, he turned to Bob and said, quote, if I were covering my execution, do you know what I'd say in the newspaper headline? Quote, what? Responded Bob. And James says, quote, French fries. See ya. Oh, wow. Maybe it really hit him that he was dying. Yeah, also, that's a, if you didn't say French fries, that's a really missed opportunity. Because, because you know, he died via electric chair. That's like, the, yeah. the, you know what I mean? Um so then later that night, 2,200 volts of electricity ran through his body. And he violent, violently shook for a few seconds and then passed away. That's arguably a little bit more violent than, like, lethal injection. I think it is. I feel like lethal injection, they just feel like they're falling asleep. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, here's some, not, like, weird facts, just, like, facts um james was like the last person to be executed via electric chair so like if he didn't say french fries that would have been real sad and he said french fries so yeah yeah um like he was super cunning super smart he always like cracked jokes like that um but after his death the u.s supreme court found um the electric chair like as like a form of cruel and unusual punishment so they actually stopped using it as a form of um Execution, yeah, and he was also the only person to be executed that year in the U.S. Um, James like often tried to tell anyone, like reporters, anyone who would listen, that his like fellow death row inmates did not deserve the death penalty, and it was like him only, and that he was like my my friends, they got harsh sentences, they were innocent, they don't deserve this. Um, so he kind of really didn't believe in the death penalty, but he, I, he sometimes, you know, he was kind of suicidal. He was. This is something like he needed more, I guess. You know, it almost sounds like he was. This might be really far fetched, but like, cause you're just saying like 
he was the last one, you know, yeah. to buy an electric chair. He was kind of the one. To me, it's, it sounds like he was mentally there. And what if his idea was to, like, end the death penalty by electric chair via like Via French fries. Via French fries, like he come, like I don't know. Just sounds like for some reason, no, I, like what I if that was his old? This is like the entire time he was just trying to prove a point. No, I think you might be right with that. Oh, uh, because he was just like, like he was pretty smart, and like he wasn't just like, like obviously that was his goal. He failed because we, some states still use the death penalty today. Um, but like he was, he was trying to like. I think he was genuinely depressed and suicidal. But I think he also did care for other people, even though he did murder two people, you know? Yeah. He, like, tried to get his friends that were on death row, like, off of it. They were. He was talking about how, you know, they're just people. They don't really deserve to die, which the death penalty is so complicated on its own. You can go listen to the case on Teresa Lewis, who was also sentenced to death via the death penalty. Really interesting. Um, so, I mean, yeah, basically... James tried to argue his way through every case except his own. He's like, nope, I deserve to die. But he doesn't. My friend over there? No. I do. Yeah, he's like, I do. This next fact is kind of funny. James told Bob that if he, like, what what kept James, like, himself going throughout his time in, on death row was televisions. And his favorite TV show was The Fugitive, which we're too young to know what that is, but it's just ironic that that's, like, was his favorite TV show. Yeah. Um, also, uh, after the death penalty happened with him, they kind of stopped the death penalty in Oklahoma for a while. And I think now, if you go visit the death row, it's like there's no TVs, there's barely any like radios, there's a few magazines, few books. So like, like they significantly changed since he's since he left. Um, so you, he wouldn't have had that TV show to get him through that his time on death row. Like I, I don't know what he could have done. Yeah, but at the same time, it sounds like he enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he really needed much to keep him going. Maybe just to keep him entertained. Yeah, because, like, I've always thought about that. If I were ever, knock the wood, if I ever landed on death row, like, would I just, like, lay around and do nothing all day? Or would I, like, try and be productive? Because, like, now I know, like, even in quarantine... I know I don't have to like worry about anything like and I'm not I'm not I'm not like I don't have school right now or anything I could just lay around all day but I still want to be productive you know what I mean yeah yeah so the big question is you know you're like gonna die sorry I said it might be different if like you know yeah if you're gonna die then it's like yeah that's true oh god we're so young we don't know shit we shouldn't think that way I mean yeah. at the same time we are all gonna die and we're still being productive <laughs> Oh my god, we're so sad. <laughs> oh, this got this got kind of this got kind of deep. What the heck? Um, the big question here is: Do you think he's crazy? Do you think James French, Mister French Fries, is crazy? Well, I want I think he has an interesting way of going about things for yes. some reason. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it because if you ask me. Like, if you do a follow-up question. Yeah. It just, like, like, right now on my computer screen, I have a picture and a description of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Who, you know. Who, I, he was crazy. Who is crazy. And I cannot put myself and put 
like make myself put James in the same. I I kind of feel really bad for James because I think I just don't think he knew how to go about life the right way. And I think I don't think he was crazy. I think he was really smart actually. And but he was like maybe he just didn't quite understand to, like how to go about life socially correctly, or he maybe he didn't understand how to uh, um, like take care of himself mentally, which. Let's be honest here, in the 50s and 60s, mental health was not our priority. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't think he's crazy, but, like... I'm like... Said, but, sorry. sorry, continue. Like, like you said before, he just is, like, so smart that he might just be, like, using the death penalty to smite the... It's like, to, is it smite the word? I guess smite all people that, like, are still, like, alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd be like, haha, I got out, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a quote from the TV show I'm watching right now. Barcio Torres, Dexter, and the quote was like, "I'm not human." And then the other guy, like the serial killer, said, "I'm not human because this guy um, doesn't feel anything. Like he needs to kill." Oh, okay. Yeah. He only kills murderers. Oh well, that's like a good murder, right? That's, like, that's how his father, his uh, stepdad, like trained yeah. him to be. Okay. And so. And this other guy's like, no, you are human. You're just a really fucked up human. So you're not like, you know, so maybe that's, yeah, that's, good, that's yeah. what James is. I think he is human. I, w- I want to say he's crazy. But, you know, like, we're all fucked up a little bit. A little bit. But James might have been just a lot of it. I kind of think that we're all fucked up the same amount, but, like, in just different, like, categories. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see that. Um, I highly recommend that you guys go ahead and read that article written by Bob Gregory. I think it's called They Died for Their Sins. I would love to have his job. I'd love to interview like people on death row or like serial killers. I think that'd be so I'd, I'd be terrified, but I'd be I think it'd be so interesting. Um about people like that. Oh my god, death row. No, uh about people that interview. Oh cool. Mind hunters. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, Mind Hunters, yeah. yeah. You know everything. Holy shit, Sonia. Oh, I'll just say, I just watch a lot of serial killers. I should not say that a lot. <laughs> what do you want? Nice, Sonia. Let's Netflix and chill. I'm like, oh, yeah. Dude, I was thinking about that. I used to, it got, it, guys, by the way, we just woke up to, like, snow on the ground, and it's September 8th or 9th um, in northern Mexico. So we woke up to snow on the ground. I used to sleep with my window open, and I was thinking about this, that this morning. Like, someone could easily get to me. <laughs> We are messed up in the brain, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, we 100% are. Like, normal people wake up and they're like, oh, what a lovely day. Yeah, and we're like, we're going to die. Like, is someone going to murder me today? Yeah. I mean, we don't actually think, we want people to think we're normal. We don't actually think like that, but we could. <laughs> um, let's go back to why we, like, kind of James's whole motive um, a psychiatrist was once quoted saying, quote, if Oklahoma had not had the death penalty, it is likely that both men murdered by James French would still be alive, quote, which I think this kind of confirms that, like, he was just trying to find a way out, but didn't know how to do it. And this was kind of like, oh, light bulb, I can get to the death penalty. Like, then I have to die. Like, it's no longer like, I, whatever I do, I can't get out of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, um. That's the case of James French, Mr. French fries. I saw, I saw a case of, a, I saw like a video of this on TikTok, fries thing, and I was like, oh my god, I have to look this up, and it's true. So I, that's why I decided to do this case. 
Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok is the new Google. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Although it might be leaving us in a few days. Well, they, you know, then I will be more productive in life. Yeah, me too. That's true. <laughs> I won't be too sad. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, we will be back next week with our last in-person episode. Um, tears. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Two Girls and Caution Tape, on Twitter at Two Girls and Caution Tape, visit our website at anchor.fm slash Two Girls and Caution Tape. Leave us comments, questions, concerns, whatever, and, you know, we are trying to do our best with this. Deuces!